0: Hello there, my Fringy family, and welcome back to That's So Fringy podcast. I'm Rick.
1: I'm Kristen.
0: And we are coming to you this Sunday with a special guest, his name, or he goes by, S.G. Anon, and he's coming on to talk to us about the Q movement. Have you heard of the Q movement?
1: Bing, bong, bing. Yes, I have. I had a lot of questions about it
0: yeah i think that after you guys listen to this episode if you don't really have a good grasp on what the q movement's all about um sg and will do a really good job of explaining to all of us really kind of the the basic meat and potatoes of what the q movement's all about
1: right well and and as with any good movement There are people that jump on the bandwagon that are maybe a little bit more nefarious. And so a lot of what you hear on the media and all of that, um, it's hard to decipher what is true and what's not. So, and I am, I will admit, I am on the fence about Q. This is one of those areas that me and Rick do not see eye to eye. One of many, but.
0: Well, we don't see eye to eye because you're short.
1: Oh, ouch. Ouch.
0: Anything vertically
1: challenged,
0: so SG Anon is his name, Q is his game, and uh, we're gonna have uh, the links to where you can find him down in the show notes. Um, but he's only in a couple places, he's only on uh Truth Social under Real SG Anon, um, or he's on Rumble. At uh, the Q News Patriot. So if uh, you like what you hear from him on this episode and you want to look him up and uh, listen to some more from him, that's how you would find him. So got anything else?
1: I don't think so. Other than the basic housekeeping.
0: Yeah, like what? Which
1: is like, subscribe, share, all of that fun stuff. Review. It really, really, really does help. I mean, I, all of the guests that we've had on have been amazing and I listen to all of their podcasts and I send them to people that I think would love them also. So, and that's how the word gets out about all of this stuff.
0: Or maybe you're trying to, maybe you're trying to convince your family that the earth is flat. Maybe that would be a good episode to share with them. Or maybe you're trying to help your family understand your views on Q. Maybe this would be a good episode to share with them to kind of give them an introduction to um, these topics yeah. that's what we're seeking to do is it can
1: be kind of an icebreaker like I, I don't want to explain to you this stuff but listen to this podcast and tell me what you think
0: yeah it's kind of like uh
1: and you can throw us under the bus it's totally fine yeah just be like yeah those people were totally crazy i agree with you those
0: weird people really like they this are stuff. so fringy we just listen to it to laugh at them really right. to be honest we don't believe yeah. any
1: of this stuff but we're okay with that yeah that's fine we'll be your us. wingman
0: We got you, boo. So anywho, we're going to let you go and get right into this episode because I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it. We really enjoyed uh, speaking with SG Anon. He was phenomenally, um, just the way that he articulates things, the way that he explains things, he really brings it down to earth to help Mm us understand uh, this giant topic, which is the Q movement. And, and it's so, a
1: very controversial and probably largely misunderstood topic so this this will be good a good introduction to it um, and hopefully we get him back on and we can kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit more later on
0: Word up All right you guys we are gonna get you to the episode so here we go. you guys welcome back to that's so fringy podcast i'm rick
1: i'm kristen and i'm bethany
0: and we are here today with sg anon uh he's a a truther patriot christian and uh, we wanted to talk to him today a little bit about um what you've been hearing maybe in the media or maybe uh from friends um and that is the the q movement um and so we're going to try to have uh, USG just explain to the audience maybe a little bit about um, kind of the origin story of of uh, the Q movement and uh, maybe some of the misconceptions that the media has put out there, you know, with the labels like uh, QAnon and all those different things. I think that'd be a good starting point
2: man when you when you say that's so fringy you mean that's so fringy this, These are the 16- inch guns right out on the very first question. Um, that's you know, right what is Q right that's who is Q That's the biggest thing. What is this QAnon? and on? Who are these you know crazy people who are these conspiracy theorists who are these you know weirdos that think that pedophiles run the world? Um, these are the spins that the mainstream media puts on it right because the mainstream media is a trillion dollar propaganda machine. They're absolutely incredible at what they do. They've been doing it a very long time since the days of William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer and the, you know, original, you know, the yellow journalism. I, I, think, I think a lot of people, if we look back in history, we can see things like the Spanish-American War. That was clearly fomented by the media. That was really begun by reports of uh, from the New York Times back in those days. And I think there was another one, um, the Examiner or the Post or something like that, that were publishing very sensational, highly um, You know, you could almost call it erotic, but it was very much um, fringe, just like this podcast, um, material that was really heinous. And so the media has a a history, a well-established history of gaslighting. And so that's what's been going on in, in really overdrive in the United States since 2015, 2016, when Donald J. Trump showed up on the scene as a genuine We the People candidate for the people, by the people. You know, he wasn't owned by a Washington lobbyist. He's a billionaire with an established real estate empire. He'd done really well in the private sector. Um, He had been in the private sector, right? That was just even a qualification for a lot of people is here's someone who hasn't been on the public dole uh, since they were 29 years old. You know, hashtag Joe Biden. So, um, (laughs) you know, with the Q movement, Q, Q pops up in 2017, October, I believe it was, October 28th, 2017. Donald Trump's been in office at this point about 9 months uh, or so. He's been on the world tour, he's done he's you know he went and that was a big deal, right? You know, we have a American yeah. president, he's barely in office and this guy thinks he's arrogant enough to go and you know he's going to go meet all these leaders and such. Who does he think he is? You know, that's what the mainstream media and the academic community and what we would call the deep state information apparatus overall, that's what they immediately went to work doing, right? Uh, he'd been in office, I think, three days when the Washington Post ran an article titled "It's Time for Impeachment" or something along those lines.
0: Ridiculous.
2: So we get into the Q posts that show up on this innocuous um, internet board, deep on the interwebs, late 2017, and really it showed up in uh, what a lot of people would call a um, I'm not going to use the term a crap posting, uh, you know, a side of forum. Um, an information dump sort of thing. And a lot of people get on there, the chat rooms, and they find company and solace and camaraderie with other individuals of like-mindedness, right? And so Q shows up on one of these boards, Q Clarence Patriot, and we see a series of drops that begin in 2017 discussing really what is a very sensational lens if we were to examine it from pre-2016 most of us were coming through the 2014 to 2016 transition in the election cycle you know believing that the economy was you know the economy was sort of this nebulous entity and it wasn't so directly affected by things and it changed you know generationally over many years or you know the mainstream media yeah they tell some sensational stuff and yeah they choose to focus on the negative stuff but at least they're telling us the things that are going on And so there was this sort of understanding of, you know, the world's just kind of a normal place. Life's not as great as we would like it to be. It takes a really long time to change that. So we're going to buckle down, do our thing. We're going to go to work and be, you know, functional citizens, responsible stewards. We're going to teach our kids to do the same. And over time, we the people, and I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, things like decades, right? Generational changes Mm -hmm. would take place. And so we were sort of lulled into this haziness Well, so understanding that that's the worldview that a lot of people had and still have, by the way, um, you know, when all of this started with Q and the Trump presidency, it's really easy to see how the things that Q put out would be extremely unnerving. Um, Q essentially highlighted the same sorts of things that Julian Assange highlighted, but with such specificity and detail that it was disturbing. Um, We had... Um, a series of drops that came out pretty early on discussing the corruption being familial. In other words, these people are all married to each other. Um, they're all parts of the same family lines. They all, they all share lineages. There's a reason they interbreed, and they do do that. Um, it showed us a great deal of how the American justice system, just in the few first few months, a great deal of how that had been overtaken familially. Um, you know, where Rod Rosenstein really descended from and what the, what the background on some of these people that we never thought about really was. In addition to that, as we go through the history of Q, so Q starts in the end of 2017, it goes all of the way to 2020, and then we have a break until 2022. And then we have Q posting again in mid-2022, and most recently, I believe, was right around November of the end of 2022, and we're still, and we haven't seen a new post since then. So we have a multi-year operation going on over the course of these years, the information that comes out through the cue boards is irrefutable if you're willing to look at it. We're talking about um, information that can only have been obtained through military intelligence means. We're talking about information including photographs from inside the Oval Office or from onboard Air Force One. We're talking about uh, snap codes for um, electronic devices. We're talking about confirmation stringers, which are um, which are innocuous programming signals used um really to to mark the end of a particular electronic function and the beginning of another one. And so we also have Q um, consciously referencing in these drops throughout this years-long cycle that there is a deep state that is here in the world, and that deep state primarily controls um, how things work by their control of money. They own the central banks. And yes, when I say they own the central national banks, those are not... Um, national banks in the sense that they're owned by the nation. the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. Bank here in the United States for example in, was um, enacted in 1913 by statute but there's nothing federal about it. It's federal like FedEx is federal all right It's an interstate entity <laughs> right. yeah. It's an interstate entity that does business across state lines and is licensed to trans transmit money across international boundaries and so what happens, as the Federal Reserve and the IRS came into being in 1913, that was the American-based arm of a much larger um, central banking. We, I call it the cabal or the mafia. We could call it simply the crooks at the very top, um, who were who familially owned these banks. You know, this goes back to the banker, the banker family for the English crown, the royal family. Those bankers were the Rothschild banking dynasty. They owned and controlled because they were the inheritors of these banks. They owned and controlled the central banks in five European nations by 1840. And so we had a very serious situation here going on in the world where the West, um, that Western block of nations, really fell under the sway of control that they couldn't... Um, they couldn't buck the current and not see immediate disastrous consequences within their nation. In other words, if we buck the current and we kick the central banks out and we try to do this ourselves, the central banks will use their wealth, will use their leverage, will use their titan abilities um, and really crush our country, right? They started, that's why they took out Napoleon. Napoleon kicked the central bank out of France and we ended up in an entire war on the European continent. It cost hundreds of, or excuse me, tens of millions of lives. And so These Q drops tie back to what this hegemony really is. And what we have is we have a pattern of a couple of different things that we can acknowledge pretty clearly. One, the control of money and power in the world has been concentrated in the hands of a select few for a very long time. And they've been hiding behind the guise of it being national Um, monetary exchange. When you pay a tax, it goes to the IRS. The IRS is the collection agency for the Federal Reserve Bank. It goes to the Federal Reserve Bank, but it doesn't stay in the Federal Reserve's vaults. It's sent overseas to an an institution called the Bank of International Settlements, which is an unnamed entity that no one talks about, but it's one of the largest banks in the world. It has direct ties to the Swiss government, and the, the owners of that bank are the Rothschild banking dynasty. And so when you pay your taxes, the reason that our roads are terrible and that our infrastructure never works and the reason it's always higher and higher every year and the quality is always lower and lower every year is because none of those dollars stay within the national boundary. So what do we have here? Well, we have a a robust and outright violation of the original Constitution to the United States. And so what we've got going on in the U.S. and, and certainly since 1913, but I would contend with people since 1871, is a false government. We have a financial government that has been instituted here in the United States of America that usurped our original founding documents. In other words, they took power away from the people in ways that were never intended to be acceptable. And they used that to drive us economically, socially, um, in a lot of ways, academically using their control of information and research and things like that over the years. Because if you have the money, you have the power to everything, right? What what oh, yeah. What is propagated is funded what is funded will always propagate these are truisms that we have to remember when we look at this through a decades long lens so q highlighted a lot of that but then q took it a step further and q said by the way these people these people at the very top that you know have ownership stakes in these banks and are part of the what i would call the mafiosos at the very top of the chain right we're talking transcending even governmental levels um, a good example of that being Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton was president of the United States for eight years, but Bill Clinton was nothing more than a puppet. Um, Bill Clinton was used by this deep state apparatus to further agendas here in the United States, just as was George W. Bush, just as was Hussein Obama, one of the most prolific traitors, and will go down in history as a Benedict Arnold times 10 million. And so, yeah. so when we look at this, Q tells us not only are these people, um, sort of all interconnected at the very top. And not only do they control governments around the world through their control and manipulation of money, which also allows them to manipulate business, which is why you have so many hedge funds out there titled after um, a sacrificial stone, which is known as the Black Rock or the Black Stone. So you have Black Rock Group, Black Rock Holdings, the Black Stone Group, um, all of these hedge funds at the very, very top, State Street Capital, Vanguard Capital, um, owned by the same cabal because they have always had control of the money. So Q tells us not only do they have control of the money and not only are all of these other things true, but they practice a dark religion. They really do. Mm-hmm. And they believe in that religion basically everything opposite of what we, would be, what we would believe to be good and right and godly. And so when we respect and have sanctity for life, their form of worship, the way that they show their religious devotion is to do the exact opposite of that. They are literal Satanists, um, they're literal Luciferians, and they believe that, and I know that this sounds crazy, but these people, and there's there's a lot of proof to this, just go look it up, these people, honest to goodness, believe themselves to be the spawn, the inheritors of a union in the beginning between Eve and the serpent. And so they believe themselves to be a multi-species type uh, creation, not human, and, and genomically I don't believe that they really are human. But they bear, they they express themselves in human form here in this world because this world is most conducive to that, right? This world was made for man by God, and so it makes sense that your expression in this world, even if you mix to the DNA, would have a mostly human expression. And so when we go back throughout the history and we look at what was really going on in Canaan of old, um, if we want to go back to the... You know, there's the Judeo-Christian texts that have a lot of reference to these events of, you know, of ancient times. We have other texts that are Arabic texts that talk a lot about these events and times as well. Um, there's books that have been you know, uh, altered, and I believe you know, God allows that to happen so that all of us at this point in time could come into this awareness together. But there are things that have been changed and, and messed with throughout the years to obfuscate where the invisible enemy of humanity really is and who they really are. And Q was an operation that was all about exposing these people and shining a 10 million watt halogen spotlight right on them. Um, Q gave us uh, incredible coded symbolisms that they use, essentially wrote the book online for the average person about how to identify these people by their symbolism, and really sought to drive home the point throughout the Q drops that there is a form of communication that happens in the world And it happens right in front of us through handshakes and eye movements and appearances and hidden hands and, you know, using your body to make certain symbols like the crossing of the wrists, which symbolizes bondage. Um, You know, they use these things in plain sight because they believe that if they don't visually show us what they're doing, even if they don't talk about it, they just believe if they don't show it to us, that they'll have some sort of karmic return and it won't work for them. So they put some of their plans and some of the things that they do in movies, and they put some of that in media, and they put some of that in press conference releases, and you know, little hidden symbolisms that happen in exchanges that are on the floor of different government buildings or different agencies or what have you. And Q taught us how to read all of that. Q showed us, here's what they use, here's how they do it, here's why they do it, here's a whole lot of pictures, and I'm talking thousands of photographs uh, dropped on these Q boards over the years to talk about... Or to, or to provide evidence for and to showcase um, a lot of what's going on, right? And so it was really, the whole Q idea was really more of a military intelligence operation to wake humanity up to the fact that there was a hidden reality, a hidden layer of evil at the very top of our society, and they have literally been sort of hurting us for decades to our doom. And Q was came along to help awaken humanity and say, look, here's who these people are. Here's what they've been doing. Here's how we have access to it. They call themselves a military intelligence unit. Um, Here's how we have access to it. And there are patriots in trusted positions um, who have been working towards this eventuality, this fall of this deep state apparatus for many, many decades, um, who are going to begin utilizing and leveraging those positions of influence and control and power that we don't really think about very often or that we don't really see. A good example of this is being things like the Undersecretary for the Interior or the Undersecretary for the Transportation Department, right, or different individuals within health services departments or international agencies or different individuals planted in different courtrooms. In other words, it's not necessarily a we all got together and had a discord chat and planned things, but there is this sort of movement that has gone on over many decades here in the United States where patriots in positions of influence have seen the writing on the wall. They've known that this thing is coming. And then with the election of Donald J. Trump, um, what I believe to be the initiation around that time of a continuity of government operation at the very, very top levels of society, which would affect this ancient evil we're talking about. So a good versus evil struggle beginning around 2016, 2017. Um, When all of that happened, we had this uniting factor between the Q drops and this robust we the people, American presidency, that fired up all of these different patriots in these different positions of power and influence and control over all dimensions of society for a long time, and it gave everyone sort of a unity of mission and purpose. Now, not everyone believes in Q, but everyone believes in ending human trafficking. Not everyone believes in the idea of military intelligence being used in a court of law, but everyone believes in free flow information. Everyone believes that pedophilia, everyone decent anyway, believes that pedophilia is wrong. Um, it's just one of those places you don't go to, and pretty much all decent people believe that murder of any kind is also wrong. And so even though we may not have, we could we could stand back and pick apart different drops and decodes and have different opinions about what Q may have been talking about or who is Q or how they got this information. None of that's really important. What's important is we had definitive proof. We had documentation. We had photographic evidence. We had references. We had names. We had um, uh, places to go dig. We had absolute doorways open for us through the cue drops for bonafide hardcore evidence that the world we were living in was a total farce, and it was a total farce based on the whims of a very powerful, very deadly, very quiet group of people that had been in control of the levers of power, at least in the Western worlds, um, or in the Western world of the of the of our planet, for a really long time. So I know that's a long answer. But the context is necessary to appreciate what Q is because you read, you read a, a single Washington Post article and they tell you that it's a QAnon conspiracy where they believe crazy pedophiles run the world. They, they spin it on purpose in a psychological warfare fashion so that you draw certain tonalities from their message and that's not the message at all.
0: And that's the hardest part for uh, a lot of people is just, you know, saying that they're um, Luciferian and that they're pedophiles and all those different things. It, it it really tugs at the heartstring of of the right people, but then it really scares and panics the wrong people or the the people that are doing the nefarious deeds. Mm-hmm. You know, these people are panicking, and that's what you're seeing in the in the news media is them trying to squash. Uh, this story, this narrative from getting out, because, you know, this is, has huge implications for how we live our everyday lives. You know, you talked about the money system and, and our whole governmental system and all those things, but, you know, and I'm with you more importantly, where are these children? Where are they? How are they uh, being saved? All of those different things. And that's the part of the Q movement I like to focus on. Uh, Can you talk to that a little bit? Um, Are there really children uh, being held somewhere in the world? You know, I know that there's a lot of kids that get taken uh, every year, but most people don't know those statistics. So can you help us with that a little bit?
2: Well, absolutely. I mean we can talk some statistics, but it's worth painting the picture that the way these things occur, they told us how this happens. The movie Taken is a documentary. It's not an action film. The movie Taken tells us exactly how these things occur in most area in most of the developed areas of the world. And then we have the underdeveloped areas that again They have been made impoverished because of the control of their money, the control of their resources being out of their own hands because they have a central bank that is not owned or influenced by anyone in their own nation. And so we have, you know, really the the whole subcontinent of Africa, um, one of the most prolific kidnapping areas of the world, Um, Central Asia, one of the most, and the the Middle East, some of the highest levels of kidnapping anywhere in the world. Um, Eastern Europe has been known for kidnapping for a long time, for decades really at this point. I think we could trace that history back hundreds of years. And so it's worth highlighting that there is a human trafficking, human slavery problem that exists here in the world today, even in 2023. It's kind of mind-blowing when we consider that we like to think of ourselves in the Western world as having moved beyond these sorts of trivial um, wrongdoings, having moved beyond the tolerance to allow these sorts of things to happen. Um, you know, we, the people get along great. We don't really seek to harm one another. Even if we disagree with one another, we just agree to walk away, um, more than 99% of the time. And so, but the problem with child and human trafficking and kidnapping and things throughout the world, um, through the means that we've always known have happened is that they have to go somewhere. They don't just disappear. Um, they don't simply vanish into the, the ether and they're gone forever. They go somewhere. And so where do they go? Well, a lot of them get forced into sex slavery. A lot of them get pimped out, um, addicted to drugs so that they're easier to control, a lot of times beaten or tortured, um, which sort of aids in that psychological submissive process, right, which is what happens when you have captors um, of that sort of a level. And so they end up, you know, essentially in the underground industries um, fighting to survive but having some modicum of uh, daily routine. In other words, there's some freedom of movement, but they're always being watched. Um but there's the segment there is a segment of those kidnappings and those things that happen around the world every year that end up underground. And I mean literally under the earth. And they go down into these what are called deep underground bases, tunnel systems. Um they call them dumbs, deep underground military bases. And a simple free spoke search will show you all the evidence you need to corroborate that. You can actually look up the government manuals from the US Air Force on how they built these things. And so they're very deep underground and idealistically, if we were looking at it in a perfect world scenario, they would be used for things like avoiding fallout from some massive war, or allowing the species to survive in the case of an astronomical event, you know, or or something that's very largesse and very affecting of the whole uh, nation, the whole people, you know, on its face. But unfortunately, because we have a power structure that we've dealt with in this world that we knew nothing about, they're primarily used for evil. Um, anything from you know, human experimentation, medical experimentation, to you know, cloning type um, experiments, really just anything that you could dream up. Most of it they tell us in anime and sci fi movies. And a lot of these kidnapped individuals end up in those, what I call hell holes. Um, and those hell holes could be anything. They could be anything from a Nazi style prison chamber um, to a sacrificial room. You know, because this dark occult religion that runs things at the top, they believe in things like blood magic. They believe in this drug called adrenochrome, which is generated by torturing an individual. Adrenochrome is oxidated um, adrenaline that has been bonded to an oxygen molecule. And so what we've got with that uh, drug is a very, very high power hallucinogen and sort of like an opener for the pineal gland because the pineal gland in the human body, um, it doesn't generate the adrenaline, but a lot of adrenaline has flowed to and through it, right? And so we know okay. the pineal gland. I know I'm getting off track. <laughs> this is this is a really no, long tangent, but we have I to understand fine. this. <laughs> the pineal gland yeah. is sort of the seat of our consciousness, right? And so we've got this yeah. gland. It's primarily crystallized in most people, but it offers us the capability to have lucid dreams. It offers us the capability to uh, really feel in touch with our energetic state. It offers us the capability to, um, you know, just in general connect with that intangible portion of us. But because it interfaces between our physiological body and our spiritual apparatus, it's a gland that is highly sought after by this occult religion because of the capabilities that are contained within it, especially when it's been highly adrenalized. And so what happens to a lot of these people that are kidnapped and a lot of these kids that are kidnapped is they're tortured and killed. I mean, that's really the upshot to it. We don't need to get graphic with it. They do ritualistic sacrifice just like the Aztecs. Just think of an Aztec ceremony or anything out of Last of the Mohicans, and you've got a pretty good idea of what they do. But they do it in such really sick, disgusting ways because they're trying to generate as much adrenaline within the patient, within the subject, as they possibly can prior to the subject's death. Because once the subject passes, then there's no more adrenaline to be generated. And so they drag these things out, a lot like Liam Neeson did and taken in that one room. Over time because it accomplishes this really sick goal. And then they, you know, off the individual and they do their little ritualistic ceremonies and they invoke, um, I hate to use the term evil because it's overused. It's really just dark energies. They understand that if you put out something, you're going to get something back because we're, we're more than just physical beings. We affect the energy space around us. If you've ever been shocked by your light switch after walking across the carpet, you know that you're an electric being at some level. And so they're putting out very negative, very harsh anionic signals to the universe, to the world, to the reality that we live in, and it affects certain changes for them. And they believe that that's possible by doing this. So that's a long answer again to that question also, but the context is important when we look at what's being fought for here in the world right now. We're freeing these kids. Mm -hmm. We're going down into these bases, and we have been since 2016, and we've been um, mapping, tracing, tracking um, doing recon, doing rescue operations, saving hostages, you know, getting as many of these um, trafficking victims and just kidnapped individuals, many of which are born into the slavery system and have never been above ground ever. We're getting a lot of them out. And you asked where they were going earlier. Unfortunately, there's a segment of them that just don't survive. They've never seen sunlight. They can't handle sunlight. It overwhelms the being, and they literally just pass. But a lot of them that do survive are given... Um, you know, the best medical care and the best therapeutic care initially that's available. And then they're given, um, military family lines of connection. You know, in other words, we have foster parents that are in the military services in different countries that sort of help bring these kids and bring these trafficking victims, some of which are 17, 18, 19 years old into the civilian world for the first time and kind of acclimate them to things because it would be really, really terrible to free a lot of prisoners who had been starved to death for many, many months and turn them loose into a buffet, right? They would kill themselves. And so this, that's the same sure. thing as we're dealing with here. We have to bring them into society slowly. It has to happen organically. And probably not a whole lot of pomp and circumstance will ever be brought to those particular operations because of what it would do to the subjects who were rescued. We have to let them move on. Mm-hmm. And we can't, we can't make that any yeah. more of a focus than it's already going to be going forward.
0: that makes sense and you, you would want them to have their anonymity and to be able to just live a life that they've already been robbed of for so long well i i really appreciate you uh talking us through that because it is a major portion of this movement and a lot of people are are very concerned about what's going on with the children but this goes up all the way to the highest levels of government and you know q q is showing us as you said before i mean we've got presidents involved in this we've got top world leaders involved in this i mean it seems like almost an insurmountable task to take down this control system this cabal to to crash the money system and all of that uh, you know maybe walk us through a little bit of what we've already been through and uh and kind of maybe give our audience some context as to some of the things that we've seen so far.
2: Well, you know, we went through the Trump presidency, and the Trump presidency was the first phase, really, in a multi-year continuity of government operation to get these people that you're talking about. Um, A good example Mm -hmm. of that, you know, the entrenchment and how deep it was, Barack Obama, during his years in office, I believe this was 2011 or 2012, paid $60,000 for pizza and what showed up at the White House was a bunch of kids. And so they were, you know, they did their thing, right? These that these occultists do. But what not a lot of people talk about is the fact that a whole bunch of Washington DC showed up. And so we've got yeah. a very very deep entrenchment with an evil that cannot be exposed because they know. These people are aware. They're not they're stupid, but they're not that stupid. They understand that if everyone figures out what they're really doing to these kids, They'll be, hung, they'll be hung from trees in their communities. I mean, there's there's nothing that'll save them. Uh, there won't, And law enforcement will probably break down in some cases and just allow that to happen. And so we had this military operation begun under President Trump because the entrenchment was so deep, it extended into our national security community, it extended into our Department of Justice, it extended all the way to the Supreme Court, um, it absolutely has been run through the presidential administrations, and certainly in the last two to three cycles uh, previously to President Trump. Um, and, you know, just overall, the, the entrenchment was so deep that the government would not be able to function at all if we had gone in and literally ripped all the cancer out as though we were, we were removing a tumor. We would have removed so much tissue that the patient would have bled out and died. And so what we've had to do is we've had to go in and we've had to surgically fix as much of this as possible. That began under President Trump when we look at the executive orders that he put into play um, a litany of them dealt with human and child trafficking and what they were what they called serious human rights abuses, and so these executive orders made these made these offenses capital crimes, made them interstate crimes, made them federal crimes, and made them in, you know a, um, attackable, I guess, or um, prosecutable is the word I'm looking for by the actual justice system, the civilian system for capital punishment, and so we went mm-hmm. through the Trump presidency. Those executive orders, those series of executive orders and documents um, targeted primarily to that evil, but we also had fortification of our election system, fortification of our cybersecurity system, the creation of Space Force, the um, reinstatement of a lot of military personnel that were relieved under Obama, but were really b- relieved before their time. And they were relieved because of their ideology and because they weren't going to go along with this you know, massive Luciferian depopulation agenda, which is a whole other angle to this that we haven't even gotten into yet. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. and so the Trump presidency rebuilt the military, rebuilt the country, rebuilt the economy, fortified our justice system in a great many respects. So he appointed more than 320 judges to district and circuit courts, um, confirmed three Supreme Court nominees, um, and had a wonderful relationship with active, like real field commanders that were involved in the U.S. military that weren't caught up in the bureaucracy. And so what we had was we had really a preparation of the country for siege while these operations to take down the deep state began. And they ran all through the Trump presidency, um, special warfare operations, irregular warfare operations. Um, And so, excuse me, when we say special and irregular warfare, all that means is they're fighting without fighting. They're fighting, but they're not going to draw attention to it. They can fight right in front of you, and they're not going to draw attention to it. That's what a special war type type situation is you're sort of you're you're running a counterintelligence guerrilla warfare situation um, where you're using all tactics and means available to you but you can't draw attention to it and so that's what's been going on um, in the United States I believe for at least the last six years but after 2020 we saw that accelerate into a publicly um, apparent if you will but not advertised phase where we had this installation of Joe biden with an inauguration ceremony that it wasn't just bad, it was completely out of all statute. It, it absolutely violated every single statute um, that's ever been adhered to before. We've never seen something done like this. He didn't have the traditional gun salutes. He didn't have the traditional uh, flags. The Bible was upside down. Um, and the inauguration filmography was released before noon, which means it was recorded. So what we had here is a plug. We had a a figurehead put in place by what I believe to be a much larger military military continuity of government operation for a period of time here in the United States of America where two levers of power need to be able to be pulled. And we need to be able to compartmentalize one of those levers in such a fashion that the other lever can't figure out what we're going to do. Because the other lever includes our bureaucracies, our federal agencies, everyone that assisted in the COVID crime, everyone that assisted in the pandemic crimes in general, the military-industrial complex, the CIA, the deep state apparatus as a whole, which is what we could sort of use to encompass all of what I just talked about, as well as traitors within our own militaries. And so we had to have, excuse me, a situation where the lawful representative of the United States was compartmentalized and insulated and where a purge could begin, beginning with controlling certain levers of influence such as the Joe Biden presidency, to draw out the rest of that deep state apparatus. And that's what we're living through. This is really the cockroaches into the light phase. And as we get more and more of them into the light and we force them further and further towards an eventual exposure mass scale, and we're talking like hundreds of millions of people around the world all of a sudden realizing that everything we've covered so far in this podcast is absolutely true. When that happens, it's game over. Um, when we arrive at that point, they can't. They literally won't be able to walk down the street. Q tells us they won't be able to walk down the street. That's absolutely coming. That's coming to a head at some point because they won't have any other option. We've got this Joe Biden plant that we control militarily who is absolutely imploding everything that they've built in the United States government, including its own currency. Um, at the same time, he's a, yeah. he's the world's largest walking red pill for this idea that the Democrat Party and just really any globalistic party in general is for we the people. Um, we can clearly see. I mean, they came out today and said the economy is great. Anybody with a you know half of a functioning noodle understands that that's not true. That's that's absolutely yeah. not true. My eggs are five dollars a dozen. That's not true. Who does this guy think he is? Mm-hmm. And so, as we yeah. continue that, we have the what I call the deep state remnant the individuals that have not been caught up yet in this military operation but will eventually meet the net, they're finding themselves more and more and more cornered um, with really not a lot of moves left to make. Um, and, And it's important, I think, at this phase in our discussion to highlight that right now the main enemy of humanity is the CIA, the remnant of the CIA that is still left over around the world. Um, the CCP espionage network that's left around the world, because this corruption, you know, exists in all governments, right? Not just the U.S. Everything we've talked about happens in all these other governments too, um, just for an easily translatable fact. And so we've got those, the CCP espionage network and the Mossad, which is the Israeli uh, intelligence community. And they're based really in the Canaanite religion. The Mossad is where the intelligence communities of the world meets the dark occult. And that's the sort of the axis of evil that we will eventually get to, but we are not there yet.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think all of this, you know, and and you've said that your answers are long, but th- but this is the point of this podcast uh, for me and for and for the girls is to to get people to understand that there is something going on all around us, and we, if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, we will be able to pick it up. And you know, people like you and many others out in the truther community are trying to use the information that Q has dropped to be able to um, pull all of this findable, searchable information from the internet and bring it to the forefront of everybody's minds because. For too long, it has been on the fringes, if you will, of mm-hmm. of the there. conversation. And uh, we need to get this stuff in the forefront of people's minds. And I know for those that are listening, it might be hard to hear things like – child trafficking, child sacrifice, uh, you know, that we, we have a fake president in right now. Joe Biden is not the real man. And Trump's over here. And, and And everybody was like, you know, you guys sound a little bit crazy. But the reality is, is if you take the time to really research the things that are being said on this podcast, you will find the information. And if you can't find it, message us. We'll help you find it. We'll send it to you. So with that, I want to transition a little bit to um, where is it that you see this going? I think a lot of people are seeing that things are happening, you know Trump's just been indicted, we've got all kinds of um, spy balloons, we've got all kinds of talk about UFOs, train derailment, train-y-rail, all kinds of things the economy's crashing. A lot of people are very on edge right now you know as as they should be because uh, from the things that you're saying we're we're ripping down one government uh, or, or or the fake government and we're trying to reinstate, secretly uh, as to not have brains explode all over the place as people are getting this information too fast. Um, so where do you see this going and and how, how do you foresee? Um, and, and I know some of it might be speculation, but uh, in, in your professional opinion <laughs> as being a, a researcher and a decoder, where do you see this heading?
2: Well, you know, we've built all of, all of this context to kind of give us a basis of understanding. So I think we need to, you know, Occam's razor is a really good approach to take to just about anything. And it just simply states that of a given set of variables in a situation, the simplest set is probably the correct one. And so if we've got this false government that we can literally witness and visually behold now, And we know that at some point in time along the way, uh, certainly by 1913 with the Federal Reserve Act, that our financial government was usurped and taken from us. Then it stands to reason that we can't progress forward as a civilization, both here in the U.S. and around the world, until we get rid of the contagion. We have to get the cancer out. Unfortunately, because of the nature of the cancer, the nature of the entrenchment that we're dealing with, we're dealing with an infection level all of the way down to the societal communities, right? If you pay property taxes in your county, you're caught up in this cabal um, because you don't. That's not a that's not a viewpoint that was espoused by the founders, right? You owned property. That meant that you right. owned property. That meant that you didn't you didn't lease it. You didn't pay for it. You know, people don't stop to think about the fact that if you take the the e on the letter or on the word police and you change it to a y, you get policy. They're policy enforcers. That's why you have the E on the end of the word. They're not law enforcement representatives. And so we have to take this false government, this false society that we've been living in, and that we've been told is the reality and that there's just nothing we can do about it. And you you grow up and you get a job and you go to school and you pay taxes and then you die. That's not how it's supposed to be. So we have to drop the system. We have to replace it. And we're witnessing the destruction of it now. And we're not quite there yet, right? We're still we're still paying for um, uh, gasoline at the pump with dollars we're still paying those crazy inflated prices we still have the economy of the what i call the old us corporation but just for clarity for those that are coming around to this we'll just call that the uh the trader government that was installed and and put over top of us um we're still Within that system, we're still paying a car registration. We're still doing a lot of these things in life, except now the system is buckling so fast and so badly that people are freaking out. We've got banks that have been, you know, in, into collapse mode. We have weaponized justice systems that we've seen on mm-hmm. full display. Um, we've experienced chemical attacks and and really what you could call biological and eco terrorism attacks here against yes. we the people, right? Um, by the same, by the exact same entities that we discussed earlier—BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Charles Schwab—all um, of these, all of these um, feeler arms that come off of the main Hydra. And so, where I see this going is we haven't killed the Hydra yet. We are taking out the heads, and we've done a really good job, and we're really causing the beast itself to uh, fear for its life. But we haven't had the final fight yet. We're not to the final boss. We're on the way there. We have to see the petrodollar, which is what the United States dollar has always been as far as the reserve currency of the world. That has to go either completely down or away so that we can arrange a fair system of trade in the world. The Western system of banking and finance has always been used to manipulate resources and value exchange. It's been used to impoverish people, and it has caused the suffering of billions We have to take that system and redefine it. It cannot be received well in the rest of the world in its current form, in its current state. Also in its current state, it is still funding to some degree these lesser levels of evil, what I call the mules, who are out here attempting to obfuscate and uh, derail us, no pun intended, at every point along the way. So where I see this going is an implosion. I see this going to a point where the financial system of the old government has to come down in some form I imagine the stock markets would be affected by that. I'm not a financial advisor, but that's just my guess. Um, And if I'm disconnected, I just want you to know that my signals fluctuated up and down three times now. Um, So they may be messing with me on this end. But um, anyway... We haven't lost you one time. Awesome. So... um, I see that coming down. I see exposure of the military industrial complex and the traitors in our own militaries. In other words, the people who would start World War III just to prevent being exposed and and risk killing all of us when none of us want it. We're in an information age. We're talking to people in other countries. They don't want it either. We know they don't want it. We know that this is just a a massive governmental betrayal really all around the world right now. Um, And it's happening for lots of different reasons that I get to in my audio file series that we just don't have enough time left here, but we should do another show to discuss Um, because it's really important to understand what's happening, right? But all of these systems of this old way of life have to be either brought down or repurposed. And we've been living through that steadily, and I think that we're going to live through the more dramatic portions of that that are very public, that affect us uh, day-to-day very intensely for a short period of time as we decide in that period what we want to create going forward as a civilization, right? Because we're going to have the ability, when all of this is over, By the time we have justice for the COVID crimes and the election crimes and the pedophilia and the criminality and the corruption and the extortion and all of that, when we finally have the overall arching theme of justice, we're going to be given really the keys to the kingdom. And we have to put things back together in our communities first, going all the way up to our national levels, purge things and keep them clean. And I think that's why Donald Trump is harping so much on getting back into office publicly, because we've now established in the narrative space that all of this needs to happen now we just need the public approval to carry through with it amen so
0: what do you say to the the skeptic out there that might might not have the full picture and uh they're 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 worried that you know they're they're following falling into another trap, falling into another set of um lies that are that are going to get us even more entrenched you know what i mean i've, I've talked to several people that are saying you know, maybe these guys are just better liars than than these guys and, and and maybe we're falling into another trap what would you say to those out there um and and not to put you on the spot like you have all the answers but uh, what would you say in in a way to to help people understand that what they're seeing is is what's really going on
2: you know, it's difficult if you're if you're in a place where you're where you're more afraid than you are anything else. It's really difficult to come and see some of this stuff because it sort of hides itself in plain sight. Um, the best thing I tell people is to watch what happens to the the financial system and and just in generally the economy overall because that's something that affects people pretty intensely and they pay attention to it. Um, and to watch um, for little. Hints in in their broadcasts that they see, you know, whether they're consuming from CNN or an alternate media space, or maybe they're consuming from the conservative right, but still the mainstream, um, to look for the common thematics of what we've talked about. In other words, pedophilia being normalized, Satanism being sort of on display, um, you know, the stuff that's going on in schools and the the remarkable. I mean, it's actually really stark increase in violence in schools over the last four years. I mean, we, ha- we hardly heard any of that under Donald Trump. You know, an isolated event here or there, but realistically, we didn't have the sort of uh, behaviors in society as a whole that we're seeing right now. And that's driving a lot of people to say, what the heck is going on in the world? And so when we when we take all of that, and we can say, look, I may not have all the answers, but maybe there's more here, Maybe there's more going on than, than meets the eye. If uh, A great way to kind of gauge where you're at is to really look at a side-by-side comparison of Joe Biden from 2013 and Joe Biden from now. Um, mm-hmm. It so, sort of highlights to everyone, you know, wait a minute, that, that doesn't even look like the same guy. What's going on here? And that's a really great place to start if you're sort of wondering about what might be happening in the world. And then to look at all the other things that are coming down, that are being affected pretty adversely by what's happening in the world, things like the price of gas going so far up. We know that's going up because the supply is being cut off. The U.S. petrodollar is being dethroned, but it has to be done in a way that makes sense and in a way that makes all of the other countries that we're supposed to get along with um, peaceable and happy. You know, everyone had to have a little bit of the pie as we embarked on this journey to try and drop the deep state everywhere. Because we can't let these people get away. If we drop them in America, but they get away to another country, it'll be about 50 years and they'll be back in America. We Mm -hmm. can't let them do that. And so, you know, to those naysayers, the ones that are skeptical, the ones that have a hard time believing a lot of this stuff, just follow the narratives, look for the common themes that we're all talking about, look for the soft disclosures that happen. And, you know, I would say step back and and think about the possibilities that maybe there's more Happening then what really meets the eye because the world is that crazy um, We know that when the mainstream media is always parroting something or when they're trying to hype us up or get us Excited or worried um, We know that that's always to hide something else there really the phrase look here not there has become almost a cultural truism So if they're all parroting something or if they're all creating a very hyped narrative um, seemingly overnight, it's worth wondering what else might be at play just little things like that. And eventually folks will find themselves in a rabbit hole that they just can't get out of.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. So we're we're running low on time here. I, I, I want to be respectful of your time, but I've got one last question for you, and it's and it's a bit of a fun one for me. Um,
2: what are your thoughts on aliens? <laughs> I knew it. So <laughs> You know, my thoughts on aliens, I think we should take a broad view for the first program, right? Sure. We are not the only sentient beings that God created. God is not a Mm -hmm. God of limits. Mm -hmm. God is not a God of going inside of our box, right? We're made in the image and likeness in many respects. I think that makes us very special. I think there's incredible abilities that the human beings have that none of us have known about because they've literally been messing with our DNA for hundreds of years um, Mm -hmm. by what they've put in our food, water, and air, and our medicines, too. But, um, you know, there are other expressions of that infinite knowledge and love of all things, right? And we've interacted with those expressions at different points in our history. We have evidence to show this. We have massive um, monuments and historic wonders that, you know, even they tell us today, even with the most advanced technology, would never be able to be completed. Um, We know that the government has been hiding the concept of what they call extraterrestrials, what I would just call other sentient beings. They've been hiding that for a very long time, right? Mm-hmm. And so understanding that, we sort of have to acknowledge, oh, hang on just a second here, folks. I'm having a tech difficulty. Give me two seconds. You're fine. You knew I had to ask them, right? Everybody, everybody out there, you knew I, I had to ask them. There we go. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. I was getting feedback suddenly on this end. Oh, sure. um, But we have to acknowledge that the government doesn't hide something for no reason. They do it because, or they have traditionally, knowing who has run it for a long time, they have traditionally been, um, you know, very concerned with keeping this truth away from us. And the reason for that is simply because we have such, um, we have such a powerful connection to our creator when we acknowledge that there's other sentient life forms that we can have relationships with, that we can have dynamics with, that we can help create a better world with, and maybe even better worlds um, you know, the dy- the dynamic nature of creation is so vast and is so incredible that they couldn't let us realize or to come into the awareness of, of that being a, a reality because it would cause such a collapse of their narrative. This idea that we all came from some you know, water blob in the sand millions of years ago and that, that there was no design and that it's all nihilistic and chaotic and it just happened to happen. I mean, it's really kind of a weak and dumb story to think about it on its face, right? The creation story itself makes a lot more sense. And so, right. understanding that, you know, we are one of the created life forms out there but not the only one, that validates the creation story in ways that um they really couldn't allow to happen, right? They would not be able to maintain control. And also, us being connected to our um we'll, we'll just call them our other sentient brothers, um that would offer us knowledge and technological capability and power that they can't allow us to have. We would obliterate them in a day. And so as we've gone through this whole process right in the last couple of years, that's one of the things that's come again to the forefront. We're witnessing the Pentagon talking about UFOs and they're telling us they're shooting them down, which we know that's not true. Um, So, you know, I think that that disclosure over time, learning about who we really are before God and who they might be before God also, I think that's something that's going to be on the other side of a lot of the Uh, more immediate realizations that everyone's coming into right now. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm.
2: All right, my friend. Well,
0: we appreciate you taking the time. I know that uh, it's valuable and we want to respect that. So we're going to sign off for now, but uh, hopefully we can get together again and talk more about uh, these fringy topics. (laughs) Uh, I know our audience is um, growing and uh, we're hoping that uh, we can get this message out to as many people as possible to give them as you said that peace uh, that we all need in these times right now
2: amen brother we should set it up again sometime and I hope everyone got you know a little bit of value out of it the important thing I think in closing is to not be overwhelmed the awakening doesn't happen in a day you're not going to mm-hmm. come across your journey you know whatever your own personal journey is it's not gonna it's not going to be completed and over in a significant way in just a few days or even a couple of weeks. It's a process relearning how to live right. And relearning how to look at the world. That's difficult. That's frankly, it's kind of scary, but you know, allow yourselves the grace. I think that God gives all of us anyway, to make those mistakes, to have those bad days, to, to wonder about it, to be angry about it if you need to be, and then move on to creating a better world. That's really what we're doing here. We're, we're becoming aware of what we've had so that we can make sure we never have it again
0: mm-hmm. amen. amen and with that all my fringy friends out there we're gonna sign off but we hope that you tune in again next time where we'll get into more of this fringy stuff and hopefully you liked sg and on we'll see you on the next one brother thank you all have a great night thank you. you too man thanks <laughs> bye